Hello and welcome back to another episode. In the last episode, our adventurers got themselves into a bit of a tiff with some goblins, a lot of them actually, and it went quite well, for the most part. They then also met the Dark Lord and also found out some twists and turns along the way and met Dura. Woohoo! They quarry. How fortunate for them. Unfortunately, they lost Og in the process and managed to escape with their lives from the cave. Find out what happens next on today's episode of Dingoes and Dinwits. By the time you're getting back towards Sledge, it's now quite night. You can see the light from Sledge. You can hear people uh, moving around in the city. And you can see guards on top of the towers as you pass around the borders. And at this point in time, you've got obviously Navath, who's quite very heavily injured, right behind uh, Dura, uh, as well as Ugor and Falas. Actually, you're all very hurt, to be honest, because someone decided to shoot something that was explosive. Are we able to ask Dura some questions? Yeah, you can definitely do so. So as, as you guys are traveling back, I'll, you know, if you want to slip in a question or two, um, this, this would be a decent time to do so. So you are like just getting back towards into the front gate of town and stuff. So anything for him? Hey, Dura, do you know anyone by the name of Gardril, Tough Moon? Gardril is like my uncle. He's been there well before I was born. He's he's a very very good friend. Mm-hmm. I trust I trust him with my life. I, I trust him with the lives of my people. Okay. How did you get captured? It's a longer story. Uh, we need to get back into Sledge. There's so much that I need to explain to you all and to my father. It's best if we get back inside first. It's been uh, quite a while. Like you guys left first thing in the morning. The mountains aren't very far. It's now dead of night. It's pr- probably like around like eight, eight thirty, nine o'clock. So it's it's quite dark. We have no way of knowing if we're actually out for just a day, if it's been two or more. No, you don't. You don't know that either. Okay, then. You just remember leaving and then when everything happened, when you guys were all knocked out, uh, it was still quite bright out and it's now obviously quite dark. As you guys come around to the entranceway to the, the main gate, uh, you see two uh, Minotaur guards standing there uh, and one guard that's just coming out to relieve another. He's coming out just chatting to the other two in passing and they all turn and say, Dura, oh my, your father has been worried about you. Where have you been? And Dura responds, I need to see my father. It's, we don't have much time to talk. Well, I have my friends here are quite injured. We need to get inside. We need a healer. We just need to, we need to rest. I'm so very tired. Yes, yes. Come, come in, Dura. Come, please. All of you. And they, they open up the gate and, and let you guys in. Uh, sledges at nighttime is pretty much very similar. It's a little bit busier in some areas. The, the food areas, the market stores seem to be a little bit more lively at this point. There's music and, and whatnot going on around and uh, a lot more people out and about. Again, it seems like Outside of what you guys have experienced outside of Sledge, especially with the idea of, you know, a military rebellion, it really doesn't feel like that actually has happened at all. And it certainly feels like whoever decided that there was a rebellion either didn't have their facts right or it was being manipulated by someone else. Mm-hmm. So you guys all head into town. You're in a bit of a hurry. You're all like, you know, you know vigorous kind of like light jog. Uh, towards the main foyer just below the actual main building. Um, as you come up, you see a few more people come up trying to address Dura and he keeps brushing them aside and, um, you know, he sprints up the steps into the main building and just yells, Father! You see, sitting on his uh, his throne, talking to someone beside him, he just immediately stands up and runs to meet him and they both have a loving embrace. You can you can see that Dura, because of the size of him being around 6'5", he's, he's actually a bit taller than his father. But uh, you can see the striking resemblance between the two of them, both with their blackened horns, uh, some of their facial features looking very similar. But uh, Dura has noticeably bright blue eyes, where his father have a more of like a, uh, like a hazelnut kind of color. I've been so worried. You do not do that to me again. And Dura responds, Father... I have to explain everything of what's happened. These four managed to save me, but I I don't know how to tell you this. Og's gone, father. And you see the look on you know, Chief's face as it sinks and he drops to one knee. You just see tears rolling down his face and he just stops for a moment, shakes his head a little and just, <clears throat> forgive me. He was a dear friend. 
You all, I thank you. You, you found my son. This news is not... I'm glad you're alive, son. What happened? You seem different. And you see Dura recede a little in the way that he gathers himself. Uh, Father, do we... Is there somewhere that we all can sit down? We need healers as well, if possible, for the, the elf there. Nah, I'm good. I don't need you. I appreciate it, but I don't need you. Um, it's funny you say that whilst I hold you upright. It is fine. I don't need the assistance. DM, do I have the right to drop him on the floor? You have the right to uh, stop supporting him, uh, in which he needs to do a dexterity check. Let's see. You've been supported this entire time since you've been heavily injured. I roll six. Face first. As as Burrell lets go of you uh, and what, you stumble, you, you fall down onto the ground, your, your hands plant, but you manage to kind of keep yourself from hitting the ground. But blood does drop from your face just onto the ground. You collect yourself and you do stand back up, but you are you are not stable. You are as it's as if every step you now take is very laboured. The hardest thing you've ever had to do in your life. This is fine. <laughs> this is fine. <laughs> this is fine. The man is leaving a pool of blood in in his Majesty's halls. Yeah. Yep. All over the gold, the golden floors. Uh, I just left a pool of blood. It's not. Thankfully, it's not gold. It's it's like a blackened brimstone with like uh, some accents and a lot of carpet. You are staying in the carpet though. Oh, beautiful. Um, the king gestures to you all to follow him. Yeah, there's a side room just outside of the main foyer area where there's an actual seated area with uh, a long table uh, with uh, six seats either side and two at the ends. Um, he then sits down at the end of the table with his son next to him. How do you guys correlate yourselves? I sit next to Burrell. <laughs> I pull up a chair and sort of push Navarth over and sit in between them. Thank you. And then <laughs> Falas is sitting on the other side of the table. Something lonesome. Sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Dura then says, when I heard about the rebellion, I head off, went on my way as quickly as I could. I came across a few of my our own kind fighting. I managed to knock them out um, and then put them onto a cart with a villager that was heading towards Sledge. I was coming towards Sledge, coming to see you when I kept hearing this voice in my head. I followed what it said and it led me around Sledge and led me towards the path of the mountains and it just got so loud and then everything went dark and next thing I knew I woke up chained. There for over a week. I'm starved, father. But this shadowed figure, he appeared before me and all he did was laugh. He tried to turn me into something and I couldn't control it. And then the next thing I knew, the four of you showed up. He let me down from my chains and I regained consciousness. So I struck him. But I had changed, father. My, my size. I was. I was larger. I can't put my finger on it. His father just is looking there in content, just listening to every word. And then when we left that chamber, Og was already, he was already dying. He had killed, I could only imagine, a hundred goblins. He must have done it to protect these four. Can you fill in what happened? Why was he there? He said that he was hanging out on his farm and then suddenly he just felt drowsy and fell asleep. And then he woke up chained in the cave. I made a pretty energetic explosion. Um, it was pretty cool, for, at least for me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, unfortunately, he, he didn't like the loud sounds. And so, it was it was quite a challenge to, to get him to join us uh, in finding Dura. But as soon as I mentioned his name, he was pretty eager to help us. So, I freed him from his chains. For as much as Navarth likes to look at me through the wall, I'm pretty sure he can feel the daggers shooting straight at the back of his head. Dura <laughs> <laughs> oh, hears that from you and, and kind of looks at the others and sees that they're covered in a bit of, like, soot and, like... Yeah, a bit of soot, yeah. <laughs> Little bit of pud. <laughs> that particular thing, I guess I don't need to know about. Right, father? And his dad just nods, squinting at you, Navarth. All I'm saying is I kind of wish we had a few more of them gems. <laughs> I'd rather you didn't. <laughs> the king uh, then turns to Dura. Did he pass on his eye to you? No, he he passed it to the elf, the half-elf. 
And the king looks to you and says, that eye is more valuable than you know. A cyclops eye, it has many uses and on the black market fetches a high price. But if he's given it to you, as he always used to say to me, if he ever passes, he wants his eye to be useful to someone else. I have a court mage who, if you were to pass the eye to them, can transmutate the eye into an object that would be useful to you. Is that something that you are willing to pass on? It will make the most use of his eye. Do you know what the eye can do? Be able to explain a bit more. He was able to see great distances, uh, be able to see clearly in, in, in darkness. And also, he was also able to see through magic. Whether someone had set a spell on themselves or if an, a magical object appeared, he was able to see it when others were not. Transmutating the eye would make it so that you could potentially be able to do the same with what comes from the eye. Well, he has passed that on to us. I think we should probably transmute it to be uh, usable. I have a pretty big sunflower tooth. Is that of any use? Sunflower tooth? I pull it out of my satchel and show it to him. I don't know why I've, I don't know where I pulled a satchel from, but I've got it. <laughs> Side pouch. His man purse. Man bag. My, my, my bad man bag. <laughs> his, his man purse. Maybe the blacksmith can do something uh, with that. Uh, you'd have to see him tomorrow. I'll go find him. I don't even know what I want with it yet. <laughs> I'll find him. <laughs> I'll give you 350 for it. 350. I know about 350. How about 350? So Dura then continues. Father, we've got to do something about this. I, I, I feel compelled. He got to me in a way that I'm not happy with and I need to do something to, to stop it. With your permission, I would like to see if Gadril actually... Has he returned? He said, no, I, I, w- I would have thought he would have returned with you. Have we just been gone for the day, like in a few hours? or You've been gone for over a day. You left yesterday morning. Because right. we, we left him and the fork in between the road to go towards the mountain. He took the other direction by himself because he said he would uh, work better alone. <laughs> that sounds like him. Uh, hopefully he will return by morning. If not, I'll have to send a scouting party to try and find him. Well, I guess... For the best, then, we we turn in for the night. Um, I'm going to need a moment to collect my own thoughts about the matter. But Dura, I believe if this is something you want to do, I will respect your wishes. It is only natural that you would do something like this, but I would hope following this adventure of yours that it might be your last. I'm not getting any younger. I would like you to take over one day. One day soon. Dura just kind of awkwardly looks around. You four, I, I thank you greatly for your assistance. A hundred gold pieces is what I was offering for the return of my son, and I will do so. In addition to that, uh, any cost to transmutate the eye, that I will waive that. And if you see the blacksmith and he is able to do something with that tooth, I will waive the cost of that as well. Appreciate it. You have my thanks. You are most welcome, King. If pleases you i would like to spend some time with my son the the inn is still paid for for you for the night my my wife is probably going to be unhappy with me but you have brought back my son i can i can never stop thanking you for that do you want us to tell her that he's here i have a feeling that she already knows she's a very intuitive woman but yes if if she doesn't immediately say anything uh please let her know i'm sure she would like to see our son as you guys all, all collect yourselves out, uh, Dura and uh, his father sit in the um, in the chambers there, talking a little bit more. Uh, you guys head out. There's the markets down down to the left uh, kind of area where there's food stalls and stuff, and there's also obviously the inn not far from here either. Are you guys wanting to go get some food from there? Are you wanting to go to the inn, have something to eat, go to sleep? I want to sleep. <laughs> yeah, I mean you haven't eaten for a day. I'm just saying, you know, you might be I'm hungry. I'm not hungry. I'm Almost dying. I'm gonna go to sleep. (laughs) I want to sleep. Okay. Hey, look. As a group, this is you saying it to the group. So, what's what's the group want to do? Yeah. Look, if you want to go get some food, by all means. But I'm turning in now. I think we should turn in and maybe talk more tomorrow. Yeah, I agree. Well, then you all four head off into the inn. Um, you see the wife of the king talking to some people and whatnot and just just shaking her head she turns to see the four of you all haggard and bruised and she just says is he back 
Yes, he is yes, back. Yes, and he's with your husband. Well, uh, same rooms. You know where they are. Would you like some food? Please. Okay, I'll have the chef make something for you. If you'll excuse me, I need to go see my son. No worries. She she goes past you and heads out the door. You all return to your room. You get delivered a nice broth uh, meal with some stew. Who's stew? Um, he's a lovely young boy. Um, that was a goat farmer. Yum. Um, and it's like it's all delivered. It's nice, fresh, and hot. Um, you all have yourselves a meal and turn in for the night. Thus begins the rest. As normal, Ugor passes out. Boral goes to sleep very cautiously. Navarth lies down and, you know, even though he's an elf, still sleeps, so he falls fast asleep. But for some reason, Falas, you also fall asleep. It's not normal. You normally meditate, but you fall asleep. Don't trust the one called Falas. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you can't break his ties. <laughs> Starting with Ugor. You have a dream. Very similar to the last dream you had. It was dark, raining. You see a bloodied hammer, except not on the ground. You look down and it is in your hands. And in front of you are three corpses. An elven woman, orc man, and a human man. And then a flash of lightning claps. And suddenly the bodies are replaced with Navarth, Balas, and Boral. And claps of thunder echo through. The blood on your hammer starts dripping profusely and the pool of blood that surrounds the bodies gets larger and larger and larger. Jeez, Ugor, like it was only pre-game. Like, fuck me. <laughs> Boral, you dream about being in a market square, walking around, but you feel like you're wealthy, like very, very wealthy. Like you have so much money that nothing means anything to you. True. You walk around, you, you literally flick money at people in the streets. Then it starts to rain. The sky gets dark and then suddenly you're alone in the streets. The pouches of money that were at your sides are now gone. You're in poor robes. You feel sick to the stomach. And then you turn around to see a particular building, one that looks familiar, one that you haven't seen for some time, a lit, flaming, burning. You realize that you're in the markets of Tilma. And that building, that's one, one place that you used to call home at some point. And it's burning. And all you can hear is screams coming from it. Navarth, you start off with your normal, frolicking through the forest with your bow, shooting at things, getting instant headshots, and then dropping to the ground. You see a dragon fly over the top of you, and it's smiling and gives you a wink. And then suddenly you stop, and the forest gets dark. The skies get dark. You feel an ever-present darkness swirling around you. But Solstring, your bow, begins to shine bright. As a matter of fact, everything around you is dark. You can't tell that you're in a forest anymore. The only thing that you have to see to keep your eyes from being engulfed by the darkness is the bright burning light of Solstring. And then you hear in your ears, she will not protect you forever. Now, Falas, this dream feels uncomfortable. You see Evergreen from a bird's eye view on fire. You see Sledge from a bird's eye view on fire. The entire Gragos is on fire. Tilma too. Everything's burning. And then slowly you see from a distance as if you're looking from space into the planet. The entire thing gets shrouded in darkness. And before you know it, it's gone. And that is how your dream goes. And then everyone wakes up in the morning. Like how you're just so chipper. <laughs> Everyone wakes up. <laughs> Everyone wakes up. As if you didn't just have fucking nightmares. <laughs> mm. As you all wake up, I want everyone to make a perception check. I rolled a 19. I also rolled a 19. Fucking 19s. Look at look at the husbands go. I mean, what? 17. Seven. <laughs> Don't you dare. Mate. <laughs> Mate. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Fanfic law. That's all Don't. I <laughs> We, we both perceive the same levels of shit. <laughs> we both perceive as a bed. <laughs> it's a bed. No, as, as you guys wake up, you feel sluggish. You feel like you've recuperated, but you feel sluggish. Navarth, you have an itch on your neck and you, you scratch at it and then it feels sore. Didn't your mother ever tell you not to scratch? In your room, there are you have your bed, your side table, and there's also a little dresser with a mirror in it. 
you go sit and have a look at the dress and, and you see in your reflection, something's on your neck. It looks kind of like a tattoo. It doesn't hurt, but it's just, it's irritating to be there. You all actually, except for Falas, go do the same thing. Go look in the dresser and notice that each one of you have a mark on your neck. It's about the size of your fist and it is just a circle with two lines horizontally through it and a dot in the middle. So a Pokeball. <laughs> it's like a Pokeball. Pokemon. Pokemon. It's a Pokemon. What do you like to play? Pokemon. Go Pokemon. Anyways, um, <laughs> for last, you don't go to the mirror, but you kind of feel it, touching it with your finger, that it feels like a tattoo and you can feel the, like, the lines on it. And as you guys leave your collective bedrooms and come into the main room of the place that you're staying, you notice it on each other. You guys all collect yourselves and, and get your gear together. And then Boral, uh, you realize you still don't have your money. None of you do. Damn, sucks to suck. Yeah. Fuck yeah. our lives. So as you guys collect yourself at the door again, there's another nice breakfast. Today it's a soup with some bread. It is uh, like a green lentil soup with like a mixture of vegetables in it has a bit of a peppery kind of taste to it it's it's nice okay no matter what you think of that situation of that particular thing your fucking characters like it okay it's nice <laughs> you're gonna fucking enjoy you're it fucking enjoy it <laughs> you guys head out there and you see that um as you leave the front door of the inn in the distance you can hear screaming it sounds like a male screaming and a very loud laboring one it seems to be coming from the uh the main hall so where, what are you guys gonna do you've got some stuff that you can do this morning you hear some screaming do you want to go check out the screaming before i check out the screaming i have a, a sunflower tooth that needs looking at okay you're prioritizing the tooth over the screaming. Yes. Um, well, this man also prioritizes boost over ball in Rocket League. So, you know. <laughs> I would like to go to the blacksmith. <laughs> okay. What about the rest of you? Where, where are you going to go check out the noise? Are you going to go with? Yeah, I'm going to go check out the screaming. I'm going to go check out the noise. Yeah. Yeah. Check out the noise. Navath, you see, or everyone else just kind of ignore what you were going to do. Are you going to keep to what you're doing, or are you going to are you going to go with the group? <laughs> I kind of really want to just go to the place. <laughs> it's, look, it's at your choice. Just know if you split the group, I'm going to have to do one thing and another. Fine, I'll go with the group. We're going back to the blacksmith. Even if it takes us on a fucking separate adventure, they're waiting and then I'm going to the blacksmith. I don't give a shit. You go to the blacksmith. DM is just like, he's not there. He's going to the screaming as well. <laughs> so you chase after him and now you're all at the screaming. Listen, how dare you? Attack my tactics <laughs> like that. <laughs> the person who was screaming was the blacksmith. Was the, bla the blacksmith fell into his own forge. <laughs> no, you guys head up in. There seems to be a crowd around the outside of the, uh, the the main hall. No one seems to be going up the stairs. They're all just like looking in kind of disbelief of like, because I can hear it. And it's just, ah, ah, like it, it sounds like very labored, very painful screams coming. No one's really going anywhere. They're just all like muttering. Oh my God, did you see? He came back. Oh, what the? I've never seen him like this. I don't know. Great. Dura has lost his shit. All right, boys, are we ready to fight a fucking Minotaur? No. <laughs> yeah, me neither, really, to be honest. Absolutely not. <laughs> Ugo, you're the one that should be ready. You're fucking like at least close to his height. Uh, when I'm around you, anything is fucking... I can't expect anything. Well, look, listen. I promise I won't shoot any more red gems. I can't promise I won't shoot green <laughs> gems, but I won't shoot red ones. <laughs> Suddenly, a red gem falls from the sky. So, you guys, uh, you head up in, you start walking up the stairs, and, and you enter in, and you see guards uh, at the doorway, but they're the same guards that were uh, there when you came back last night. They just immediately let you in. You see to the side room that you were in before. You see Dura standing up in, in the hallway, kind of like pacing, uh, and he sees you all. It's like, you won't believe this. Gadril came back, but something's wrong. We have our, our healer here. He's currently trying to tend to him. I, I really don't understand. It's insane. The the professor in there, the, our, our, our main healer, he would like to have a word with you anyways. I'll, I'll get him. You're really beating around the bush here, Dura. Like, what's going on? Be straight. <laughs> Gradril came back early hours of the morning. He was covered head to toe in curse marks. Right. I've never seen him in pain. 
my father's never seen him in pain. Well, I guess he's just not all what he's cracked up to be, is he? But let's go and uh, have a chat to this uh, wizard man. And so you see come out of the doorway. It's, it's currently covered by curtains. You currently see a large uh, human man, uh, about like 6'6", six, six, uh, with glasses, walk out. Uh, he's got a white coat on as well. Um, you see him brush past the uh, curtain. You can see then inside on the table, currently strapped down, uh, you see Gadril. You see basically his upper torso and you just see these black markings all across his body, everywhere on him. And he's just screaming, thrashing around, trying to deal with the pain of it all. This this man walks up to you and says, oh, no, you all have been cursed as well, it seems. That marking on your neck. I, I don't know what it is. It's beyond my scope. Sorry, how rude of me. Um, my name is Professor Ikorg Silvertalon. I am the chief wizard here. I've studied the arcane for many, many years, but I've never seen a curse like this before. We currently have every priest and cleric in there with Godril trying to see if they can quell the curses, but it's, it's going out of control. The curse on your neck, on the other hand, and he walks up and he touches you, or he, like, pushes your chin up and your neck to the side. There's nothing like I've ever seen. I've studied every curse, every curse. This thing is old, far older than any of the books I've ever read. But have you read all of the books? You really don't have great timing, do you, Navar? <laughs> Man, I've got impeccable timing. He's clearly not read enough books. Yeah, I almost facepalm every time in life. <laughs> <laughs> he just, he looks at you and he's like, I've heard of you, Elf. I expect nothing but insults from you. So, you're living up to your reputation. Well, see, no, the reality is, Icorg, do you mind if I call you Silver? Ah. Good. Now, Silver, what I need you to understand is we had a run-in with the Dark Lord. With who? The Dark Lord, you know, the big bad guy from millennia ago. Like, do I need to spell it out for you? Or I thought, uh, having read all those books, you'd probably be a little bit smarter and understand planning English. The more you speak of that, the more fear you spread, the more you feed him. If he is back, it's enough to just know who you're speaking about, but... Do not go spreading about that he is here. Okay, that's fine. But beating around the bush and acting like he's not around is just wasting our precious time. This mark was probably placed by him on both us and on Gradril. So, you need to find a book that maybe has it. We, we do not know actually when he is from. So, if he has magic from long ago, it's not going to be in any books. Not in any books that I'm aware of. Seeing as you're being so cocky about it, I have people to tend to. I have to do something about Gadril here. So, I will be tending to that. Well, Captain Silver, unless you can work out arcane magic, I think you're probably shit out of luck. He snaps his fingers and then surrounding you is arcane symbols. Thousands of them, like in a circle around your body, just old markings in arcane circles. And then snaps his fingers again and they go away. You do not understand. I'm the most learned wizard in Gragos. I have to do something about Gedril. The only other place that I know that might be able to help him is going to Secreus. It might be helpful for him. It could be potentially helpful for you, but who knows how long your magic, the magic on your neck will last for before it triggers and takes your life or worse turns you into a monster i have no idea what it does i have no idea how long it will be what or who in secreus should we be looking for secreus is the paladin temple and he looks at ugo and he sees your divine mark and he says your young friend here would have learned to be a paladin there and he just says to you look secreus is several days from here there is another option if you go to Vextal, the ancient library, it's about a half day's horse ride from here. There you might be able to get some information about what's going on with your marks. I can't help you outside of that. Do you feel encumbered at all? Does it hurt? It's a bit itchy this morning when I woke up, but besides that... Sluggish, a little bit slower than usual. If you go to Vextal, you might be able to get some information Seeing as you think that I am not as informed as I should be, all the information from all the lands in terms of books and knowledge live at Vextal. Okay, but have you read every book in Vextal? <laughs> I have read every book in Vextal. Well, then we're wasting our time. 
If you've read all the books and you don't know our mark, then we're wasting our time going to Vextal. Am I not wrong in saying that? Unfortunately, being of magical power, there are certain books I cannot read in the library. When someone with magical power reads them, they may lose their mind and suddenly just start destroying things. I was forbidden from reading every book inside the restricted section. How is it that four adventurers that are unbeknownst to the party at Vextal going to read restricted books? They're still going to be restricted. Do we have to steal them? I wouldn't say steal, maybe distract those who are in charge of the library and- Permanently borrow. All right, cool. We're going to go steal the book. We're going to go steal the Declaration of Independence. Independence. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he then looks at Falas and says, the king also mentioned that you had Og's eye. M- may I see it? May I present the eye? He then takes it in, inside the cloth that you've kept it in. He was always really delicate for a big guy. Cleanly removed his own eyeball. Horrific as that is. This would take about a week to transmutate. It is incredibly heavy with magical power. As a matter of fact, because you're looking at it in proper sunlight now, Flas, make me an arcana check. I'm not rolling too good. That's an eight. Um, who else is kind of magical? Can I, can I do it? Yeah, sure. You can do that. Uh, 22. 22. Nice. Hell yeah, Boral. <laughs> Hell yeah. Jesus Christ. Hell yeah. Boral rolled a one. It's an eye. <laughs> <laughs> A minus one on it. <laughs> yeah, he got he got a four minus one. They got to get three. Um, you you are not magical, Boral, so it's kind of on point. True, true. Um, Navarth, you you look at the eye and you, you notice it's a bit shinier than when you first thought, and it's almost as if it's got like a small hue of like magical energy just pouring off of it. Mm-hmm. Almost like a barrier. Yeah, except it's kind of like a flame kind of going upwards. So, it looks like little droplets actually like leaving the eyeball, but it's magical. It's like purple. There is definitely a lot of magical energy pouring out of that eye, I say to the party. Ikog just goes, well, I will get working on this. If you see to it to go to the ancient library, I can't guarantee it, but it might be worth the time. As I said, it's only a half day's horse ride from here. Uh, Do you have horses? No. No, but how much does one on his horse cost usually a couple of gold yo silver silver um, talent do you think we could maybe go and have a look at gradual and uh and see his markings so that when we are in the uh, arcane library in uh, vextor whether we notice any of the symbols that are on him can you give me an hour or so i need to sedate him Sure. Can you tell me where I'll find the blacksmith? Sure. The blacksmith, if you leave the main walkway on the stairs, if you had left, uh, walk past a couple uh, buildings, you can see just in the distance the big stack of smoke coming from it. That will be where the blacksmith is. But before you do go to that, I believe the king wanted to see you as well. Okie dokie. Uh, I was going to ask him what is what was he going to transform the eye into? It's tricky to say with something of this kind of power. When you transmutate something like this, you don't actually choose what it becomes. It depends on what what elements attract to it. This eye is very magical in its state. I can sacrifice some obsidian towards it as I transmutate it and see what comes of it, but it's hard to say. Just when you make that obsidian, be careful you don't put the lava block near the water block. It might <laughs> you might make cobblestone. Make cobblestone? <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. But I want to make a generator. I want to. I want like unlimited cobblestone. Exactly. Be careful with the generator, bro. <laughs> Just c- completely fucks up the Cyclops' eye because you make cobblestone. Just <laughs> drop it into lava. Don't give him any ideas, guys. <laughs> I'll just throw it at a cactus, won't I? Just do that while I'm at it. <laughs> just at a cactus. Says, well, the king is waiting over there uh, to see you, um, and then I'm sure you can go deal with your blacksmith thing. Cheers, mate. So you just walk away from Icog. You see um, the king is very busy. Um, there's several people, advisors around him asking him questions. But he sees you coming in and he, and he just shakes his hand towards the one advisors. And they just like, yep, sure, my king. No worries. Not like we had important stuff to say. <laughs> and the king just walks straight over to you and he says, how are you boys? I, I see you also, unfortunately, are bearing a mark. Dura wanders over as well. It's odd, but 
you you see around his left hand uh it's like bandaged he unravels the wrapping and and shows to you uh, a very similar mark to what you have, except instead of a dot, he has like an X, but he has it on the back of his hand. And he just says to you, I think he did this to us. Gadril as well. Mm-hmm. Father, I'm not quite sure. I would like to accompany Gadril and head to Sacrius. It's not too far. And if we take one horse, I can get him there quick. We'll take Betty. Who's Betty? Black Betty. Bam Lamb. Betty is my black horse. Whoa, Black Betty. This horse must be huge. To, he, you know. she, he, he, just, he looks at you and just, he, he nods. It's, she a big girl. I can get to Secreus in two days, father. It would normally be almost a week. And his father just nods and goes, all right. Once he's sedated, you do what you must. Get him fixed, please. Dura nods his head and then nods his head to all of you and wanders off back over towards Icorg. Uh, the king says, well... I appreciate all your help, and I'm currently gathering the funds for you at the moment. If you return back to me in an hour, uh, I will be able to give you the gold that I promised. Also, I have a personal request. I overheard that you may be heading towards Vextal. Mm-hmm. If you can, half a day's journey to the northwest is Og's Farm. Could you please go check on it for me? I don't see why not. You have my thanks. Very much so. When everything is settled and done and Angadril's back to health, we will have a feast. In your honour. Are there cows? Sorry? Do you want there to be cows? Are there cows? I don't know. Is, it's not, is that a hard question? You do understand as Minotaur people, we are not, we are not related to the cows. We may resemble some of the similar things. Well, well aware, are there cows? There, there are. There is beef. You would yes. Have, oh, yes. You would have probably <laughs> eaten beef, and then you remember last night that you literally had a beef stew. Yeah, I know. But like, I want to. I want to go. Oh, don't worry. Just. I'm gonna shoot the cow. Um. <laughs> you are not allowed to go near my my farm stables. For good reason. <laughs> if you're going to head that far north, you're going to need to get yourself horses. Unfortunately, we are short-staffed on that at the moment, and I can't... If you would like, I can get you permanent horses. Take a couple of hours to get wrangled up, but it will unfortunately cost money. I am still taking care of my people. I do need to be able to keep things afloat. How much will it cost per horse? It would be five gold per horse. If you like, I can give you 80 gold and chop off 20 from the gold that I'm collecting for you at the moment. Sounds like a plan. Can we make requests on what what color horses we get? I want a white horse. I can tell you right now there are no white horses. This is bullshit. You you can't get shadow facts, okay? I want a white horse. It's not happening. (laughs) You cannot show us the meaning of haste. Where is my white horse? (laughs) Where's some paint? (laughs) Paint, you were going to paint. Wait, no, your- blacksmith. I can get white armor. That's fine. I'm all good. White arm. Okay. In any case, uh, you're going to the blacksmith, though, I assume? Sure. If you would keep yourselves preoccupied for some time, we will uh, we will gather the money for you. I will arrange horses to be collected up by the stables. And if you when you go to leave, you can go to the stables and arrange that with the, the stable master. If you magically find a white horse, just it would make my day. See what you can come up with, King. Um, I believe in you. As as the DM right now, I'm just like I'm rubbing my forehead, being like, oh, just Lord of the Rings as well as Sword Art Online, man. Make it happen, DM. <laughs> Make it happen. Sorry, if you slip me five bucks, maybe. You want five bucks? I can make it happen. <laughs> Only a fiver? Apparently, it's all it takes to get a white horse is a fiver. Fifteen, then? Uh, fine, fifteen. I don't care. Oh, dude, why are you driving it up? No, you already said a fiver, man. Fifty mate. bucks. <laughs> Oh, look, that's Bro. a bit rich, but it's still a white still horse. still going to fucking do it. No, listen, you're not going to give me money. No, but you are going to give me a white horse. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't I have a white horse? Because we've said so. No. I was actually going to ask the king, like, uh, how was he feeling? Like, Dura having the mark and did he notice anything on himself? I didn't have anything on myself. It only appears to be people that have come in contact with the Dark Lord. When Gadril came back this morning, he was... He didn't get a lot of words out, but the words that he did get out were he has returned. Maybe he's put this curse out to be like a disease that spreads. No one appears to have been affected by it outside of the four of you, Dura and Gadril, but we will keep an eye on it. I appreciate the concern. Mask up. Mask up. <laughs> Mask up, gamers. And you, Rona. Anyways, you guys walk outside of the um, the main hall. We walk down the path past a couple of people and... You start to head towards the blacksmith. 
But at that moment, Navarth, roll me a d20. Three. Perfect. Make me a perception check. 21. Oh, yes. <laughs> so as you guys are leaving and you're walking past this crowd and whatnot. Don't you dare say I see a white horse, but I can't go to it. I will kill you. <laughs> no, no, no. It's something better. As you're walking, you make one look down the pathway and you don't really think about it. And then you stop yourself and you look back and you make eye contact with something that's about two and a half feet tall. Is white, has human arms, and looks like a chicken. <laughs> Fuck. And that appears to be in its arms. That, that's your coin purse. That's, that's your pouch of money. That looks like Browse because you've studied it so much. <laughs> that must be the other two, Ugor and Falassus as well, in its arms. Just this chicken that's just walking through the, the street. Navarth, I, this is the only time I give you permission to shoot something. <laughs> You, you all now have noticed and they're just staring at this thing that's just walking. I would like to shoot the chicken. <laughs> all right, make an attack roll. Uh, roll to hit. I get 21. <laughs> wow. Don't you dare say it's not enough. <laughs> right, There's me... no way he's higher than 21. He could dodge it. I'm going to make a dexterity saving throw. That's a 34. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck is this chicken stats? You shoot an arrow and it flies right past a few people and they see it. And then you just see this chicken just take one leap forward. And then as your bow comes forward towards it, it just takes one step, two step, three steps on your arrow as it floats past, does a flip and then lands back down. Your arrow then lands straight in the ground right behind it. Huh? Damn. Sucks to suck. You got wrecked by a chicken, man. <laughs> I shoot again. Okay. Go. You want to keep doing this? Let's keep doing Mate, this. I will. Oh, geez. I wish I hadn't. Eight. <laughs> I got a 22. So, yeah, it doesn't matter. You shoot and it just like takes a step to the side and it just lands next to it. It's walking at you, by the way. It's walking straight at you. It's not running. Can I take a knee and then put my hand out like it's going to maybe present the coin purses? Yeah, if yeah, you can do that. Um, as it gets close to you, is it's now getting within five feet. It stops. It looks around at you a little bit, like its head's moving around a little bit because it's because it's a chicken. Doing the, doing the classic chicken, quick look, you know, side to side. Falas, make me a um, wisdom saving throw. Oh, that one. You know what? Yeah, that's that's great. That's that's actually good. <laughs> at the moment, you look at it straight into its eyes, and then suddenly. Boom. Everything in your mind goes dark. And then you start seeing from the perspective of the chicken. But it's not this current moment in time. As a matter of fact, it seems like years ago. You see the elf from the farm and Grey. And you see Grey as a smaller pup. And the elf turns and says, Now, Grey, this little chicken is your friend. He is your brother. I have made him to be friends with you. And then you hear Grey go, Chicken, I get it. I eat, I eat chicken. Yes, yes. He's like, no, Grey, you do not do that. The chicken is friend. This is Cluck, who is going to be your friend and keep you company whilst I do experiments. You see Grey, like, get a little grumpy, put his head down. and I don't, don't want to play with chicken. Eat chicken. Now, Grey... You must understand he is going to be here for a long time as with you. And I love you both very dearly. It cuts to another memory of you see from the perspective of like two and a half feet running through like corn and everything, darting back and forth and turning around. You see Greg chasing directly after you and you see him just going, chicken, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you, chicken. And then boom, jumps on top of you and you see Grey looking down and he's growling and then just starts licking the shit out of like your view and and whatnot. And he's like, you're it, chicken. Now you've chased me. And you just see Grey run off and then get back up and chase back after it. You then see another passing to another memory, the chicken wandering around in a little encampment. And then you can see coming out of a tent, uh, and you see Navarth, and you lock eyes with Navarth, and then you proceed to turn around and sprint straight off as Navarth gets out of his tent. Cut forward to another memory. You see, actually seeing all of you, especially especially Ugor, who was not hidden at the time, (laughs) um, and just a giant sack of sugar for some reason, and just looking around, and then you hear uh, growling, and you see uh, Grey just come sprinting after you and start sprinting off. And like once before... Uh, Great catches, goes, 
All right. Now you... And Grace stops himself as he hears an explosion and turns around and sees a smoke coming. Master! And sprints off. And the chicken gets up and tries to chase after. And then it cuts forward to seeing Gray lying on top of a grave and the chicken coming over from your perspective. The chicken just curl up next to Gray and Gray put its arm around the chicken. Master is gone, cluck. I'm sorry. All right, and cutting forward and collecting myself because I just made myself cry a little. <clears throat> Anyways, uh, woo, uh, the four of you actually in a net being dragged along a pathway by a bunch of goblins that are all like bickering with one another. I get to eat the fat elf. Which one's the fat elf? The one with the, with the bow. I don't know. <laughs> of course. Of course. What about the orc? But now the orc's meat is not tender. What if we roast him? That's a good idea. We might roast the orc. And a cut forward to you seeing the chicken sneaking very stealthily through the cave and going to like where there's a box of stuff where it's just been put down and it must recognize the sacks of money and it's just with its human arms just grabbed each of the little bags and a goblin's turned around and gone, oi! And just you see it now sprinting off. And then suddenly you are back to yourself. And at that moment, you just see in one hand, it just dropped your sack of money back into your hand. Yeah. So you can feel free to tell the others of what you've just seen. I'll share the news that um, this chicken noticed us uh, being dragged away. And it is actually Gray's mate, Gray the dog, if you remember. Right. Well, I guess that's why Han uh, shot first. Yeah. So I, uh, I apologize for shooting at the uh, very evasive chicken. <laughs> the, the chicken looks at you and then just shakes its head and then proceeds to give Ugor its money. And then Ugor has like a flashback. And he walks over to Burrell, gives Burrell the money, who also has a flashback. Uh, looks at you and then just drops the money at it uh, at your feet. <laughs> Cheers, mate. You mentioned that it's like, oh, he's not as fast as Gray, but all I thought was faster than the Vaps arrow. <laughs> faster than a whistling arrow. <laughs> I mean, the motherfucker rolled a thirty-five. What the fuck am I meant to do about that? <laughs> Hit your shot. <laughs> do better. It just looks at you, comes back over to you, Falas, and just clucks. It's just, it's just staring at you with his eyes, just blinking very quickly, <laughs> turning its head to the side. All right then. Pet the chicken. I'll offer it a crisp high five because it's got human hands. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do, do a performance check. Let, let's really let's really meta this shit. That's a 10. That's right. I also roll, I rolled an 11. So it, it's a high five. It's not a crisp, nice one, but it's it, it high fives you. Can I give it a headbutt? Are you going to try and kneel down to two feet high and headbutt this chicken? Yes. Do a performance <sighs> check. Here we go again. I'm a fucking grab either side of its head and headbutt. Fuck you, six. You go to headbutt and, like, it just moves its head out of the way <laughs> as you, like, reach down to try and grab it. It takes a step back and you, like, just, like, st half stumble to the ground. Just go, Wah! Right. I'm going to offer a fist bump. Oh, I don't know. My fists are a bit Seven broken. plus one, eight. It's, you know, you know it, it's, it, like, you go to fist bump and it kind of, like, you know when you do those fist bumps where you catch either side, like it's not clean on the hit, and it kind of like skips off one yeah, another? Yeah, you know, it's, it's a glancing blow. It's a glancing blow. And then Ugor, it looks at you and it sticks both of its arms out. As if, uh... Go ahead, bring it in. Bring it in. You lift it up and it just wraps its arms around you. <laughs> As you do that, it then pulls itself up onto your shoulder and then just sits down. Yo! <laughs> yeah, boy. It then just folds its arms and, like... Puts his eyes down to like look kind of cool about it as well. It looks like he kind of wants to. Clark has joined the party. Clark looks like he wants to hang around. I would like to go collect my two arrows. Yes, good man. Can I trip him on the way past? <laughs> you, you can try. We're still in our party, bro. Roll a dexterity. Uh, Navath, roll the dexterity saving throw. Fuck. 21. Oofed. All right, seven and 21. So you go to trip him and he just takes like one of those steps over the trip as if it's like you you missed. Going to have to do better than that, fat man. Yeah, that's right. I fucking went there, bitch. Ugo will remember that. <laughs> Cluck just like flips, you know, flips you off, just gives you the bird. The bird gives you the bird. <laughs> <laughs> um, you collect your arrows and, and whatnot. So that's happened. So you have your money back. Woo. Um, all right. So you guys then start to head off towards the... Um, the blacksmith. As you get there, you see a uh, dwarven man. He's about uh, like four and a half feet tall, very long beard, 
like an Albany kind of red. He's bold. Um, he's got like a like a little bandana on around his head. And so you guys rock up. G'day, mate. Uh, I've got uh, I've got something I'd like you to have a look at and see if you can do anything with it. All right. What can I do you for? Well, see, I killed I killed this gigantic sunflower. Well, we all kind of chipped in, but I got the final kill. So thank you. Upon killing the the giant beast, I wanted to carve out one of its teeth, and here it is. And I present him with the big fuck off tooth from the sunflower. He then just looks at it and goes, "Right, I haven't seen something like this before." Um, don't blame you. <laughs> neither had I. <laughs> I don't know what I can do with it, but could you maybe turn it into a necklace? You want to make a necklace from this? Yep. I want to start collecting teeth from everything I kill. Right. You realize that I could cut off the end of the tooth and put it on a piece of string and you'd have a necklace. Yeah, but what about the rest of the tooth? Well, you're just asking for a necklace. Yeah, but you'd do something exciting with the rest of it. I don't know. You're the blacksmith. You sure, I could shove it up my ass. I don't know. I've never used this kind of material before. <laughs> that, that would, that'd be something. <laughs> it's probably big enough. <laughs> Anyways, I can have a look at it, but... I don't know. That's all right. Have a think about it. Uh, worst case scenario, just chop the end off and uh, make a necklace. But if you can think of something else exciting, I don't know. Is it big enough to turn it into a little dagger? Possibly, but I don't know how strong it would be. I'll have to do some tests. What about the handle? Could I turn it into a handle for my blades? What, what about for your ball? I could always try to make some outer heads from it. Yeah, all right. Why not? I could always use with more arrows. Sure. Yeah, with the amount of shoots and misses. <laughs> um, excuse me, Burrell. I collect everything I shoot. Thank you. You're excused. Uh, okay. Uh, I would like to present the broken sword that I collected. Hi, this is a fine piece of work here. Uh, is this steel dragon star? Where did you find this? I found it in some crummy, crummy cave. Right. This hilt, this handle is made of metal stronger than anything. Literally any, anything. This thing, this is forged with steel and dragon fire and a piece of metal that has fallen from the sky. This is dragon star steel. It's impossible to come across. I mean, I, I don't even know what you could do with this, to be honest. It's, you'd need to get more dragon star. If you could get more dragon star, I would, I would make you the finest blade. Do you have an idea where I can find something? Not like a that? clue. I've never seen this stuff before. I've only read about it. No one has seen any of it for hundreds of years. What I can do is I can present it to the king, and the king can hold on to it until you find some dragon star. If you get some, I will, I will make you the best blade. Yeah. All right. We'll do that. I'm happy with that. I wouldn't charge you either. To work on dragon star would be would be a dream. Uh, ah, it's my pleasure. I'll pay you. I appreciate that. You, Orc, are you a paladin? I am. That shield. I've always wanted to try something with a paladin shield. It has been many years since I've seen a paladin use a shield. But if you were willing, I would like to try something with your shield. I would like to make a thing that I call the smasher. Done. <laughs> just, just done. He <laughs> doesn't even have to hear about it. Just done. <laughs> He pulls out these blueprints and it, and it looks like just similar to your shield, um, which is probably why the reason he brought it up. But on the blueprints, you see that the front face of the shield has got like these grooves that are sharp pointing downwards. And it looks like from the way that it's being used in the blueprints, um, if the shield were to be used to smack outwards or down, it would do some damage. Yeah. Try it. Go for your life. It's going to take some time. Uh, Do you have something else that I can keep on me while I'm traveling? Uh, big strong men like you, you you don't need it, do you? Ah, uh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. I'm a big strong man. I don't know no shield. How, how long for? How long? Four days, maybe. I've got to get some materials, but it would be, it'd be pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. Make it. Make it snappy, that would be preferred, but that's fine. 
I can only do what I can do. I've got to order materials. I got to get here, and then I got to start working on it. I have a couple of orders to finish. Ah, uh, yeah, that that excuse. Freight times. Wow. <laughs> We're in the middle of the country. You got to understand. This stuff's got to come from Tilmar. It's got to come overseas. <laughs> we well <laughs> truly are aware of those issues. <laughs> and then sometimes the tracking gets lost, and they deliver it to the wrong store. <laughs> <laughs> like the other day, they delivered it to the inn. <laughs> And then the, the the queen, she like slapped the shit out of the delivery man. It was just yeah. Um, and he's gonna take the shield. He's gonna just set it aside. He's just looking and he's like, "You're going to be beautiful." All right. Well, I will work on this the tooth thing, and I will give the hilt to the king. You know, it's it's strange. I I kind of recognize the hilt. It's it. It reminds me of an, an old blade called called Kingslayer. I'm pretty sure that's what that blade was called. It resembles Kingslayer. I mean, that would mean that the sword is almost 800 years old. But, I mean, it's dragon style. No one really knows. Ah, astounding. Right. Well, in any case, I will get to work for you. And see you in a few days. Okie dokie. So head back over into the middle of it. Um, this entire time, Cluck is just still just chilling. I shoot another arrow at Cluck. Are you seriously? <laughs> are, you, are you serious right now? Are you going to try and take a shot? Yeah. Okay. You realize he's on my head. He's on his shoulder. <laughs> That's fine. Let's hope I don't get in that one. I got a 16. Can't roll low, bitch. That's a 15 plus that. Oh, you had me excited, you fuck. <laughs> uh, you take a shot. He just sticks his claws out and just grabs it with his feet, flicks it around, grabs it with his human hand. Can I break it? I will say that you take it off Clark, he gives it to you, and you start to bend it while looking at uh, Navarth. <laughs> even better, even better. I pull out another arrow and aim it at Ukon. <laughs> <laughs> you really want to fuck with me this chicken, mate? Okay, I'm, I'm simply going to step in. What kind of roll are we going to make here? Intimidate. <laughs> That's 18 plus 3. That's 21. <laughs> <clears throat> Sit the fuck down, Avath. Surely I have something that I can use to go back at this. I mean, he's very intimidating. I don't give a fuck. Intimidation check. Oh, fuck this. I hate this fucking game. I got a four. <laughs> so what do you say back to him? Senior Frank Daniel. Nice voice crack. It works as bad as well as you would think. That was pretty solid. That sounds like a three. <laughs> you guys bicker and then you keep walking forward towards the uh, stables, which are towards the entrance of town. You see a young woman who is wearing like uh, hot kind of short shorts, um, rather short, a crop top. Now uh, you can see her midriff. Uh, and a ca- uh, cowboy hat looking thing and she's just wrangling around some horses is this an MTV music video <laughs> maybe <laughs> you have all collectively moved up as you kind of like wrangle around uh, they turn around they, and they look at you and they just go well hi there how's it going it's going quite well thank you how about yourself oh yeah got this uh, frustrating chicken I can't seem to kill but outside that I'm great she just looks at the chicken who just like raises its eyebrows at her that that chicken has eyebrows. Yep. Chicken's got arms too. I don't know how you didn't notice that, but sure. It's weirdly alluring. Sorry. Um, right. What can I do for you? We require some horses as we're about to head out on an adventure and uh, Chief Killsbane told us to come over this way. So. Ah, you must be the four. Well, not a problem. I have the finest steeds that we may have right here. They currently do not have any names. They're freshborns, so they're right ready to be ridden and going to bright new owners. Let's go down the line, shall we? And walks you all four over. This one is a spotted purebred. It has black and white spots and a lovely mane. This one, the one next to it, Black Betty's younger sibling. It's a completely black horse with its nice little white nose as well. This one, and take a step back, is all white but it has a black mane and a like black love heart on its chest um, and black hooves as well that kind of come up onto it's like it's wearing it looks like it's wearing socks almost this one's just the sweetest horse however it um it tries to hump a lot of the other horses um it's very friendly and then we have this little one here he's a little bit shorter than the others it's this nice little brown boy he's about a foot shorter but he tries really hard. Now you just see the horse like look at you, turn its head sideways and just grin at you. 
It's got a lot of character. And this is my favorite horse because genetically, for some reason, it was born with a rainbow mane. It is beautiful. I love it. I'll take it. I'll take the pride horse. <laughs> pride horse. Well, I mean, sure. He's definitely big enough to take you. <laughs> I just realized what I said. <laughs> <laughs> they have a whole other meeting with the white horse. He likes to fuck things. <laughs> He's big enough to take you. She kind of looks at herself. She blushes and goes, "Oh my! <laughs> oh my! Oh, oh, oh dear me! I can't believe I just said that." <laughs> she gestures. So, which horses are you going to pick? We've Ugo is obviously going for the uh, the horse with the rainbow mane. Okay, I'll, I'll go for Black Betty. Black Betty's younger. Black Betty's younger sister. Before I outright go for the white horse, I merely ask if there is a pure white horse. Oh no, those are quite rare. I've yet to actually see one, to be honest with you. Okay. Do you have any paint? <laughs> I'm sorry. What? <sighs> Do you have any paint for what? To cover over the black spots and the mane. Well. I've never painted a horse. Uh, I don't have any white paint. That's okay. I'm sure I'll find some. Hey, hey, Ugo, Ugo, what kind of primer would you use? <laughs> <laughs> in this goddamn party. I guess that horse matches the owner. I don't know. Anyways. Um- <laughs> <laughs> the carpet matches the drapes. Now, can we get going? Uh, well, for last, I picked this horse. Hey, hey, hey. I'll pick the one with the spots. <laughs> All right. She then gathers up the other two, the shorter little horses, just like looking down. I know, boy. It's okay. Someone would love you as much as I love you. And she just like hugs it. I'm taking away the horse that probably gave it plenty of love. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It looks over at you with a smirk. <laughs> Cluck have his own horse. You want Cluck to have his own horse? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right, you have paid for four horses, note that. You want the chicken to have a horse. It's the least we can do. The chicken brought us our money. I'll buy it. Okay. Oh, the one, the little one. He can have the little one. He can have the, he, the little horse that was sad. He can have the little horse. It's a great I idea. not prepare for this, but hey, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> the DM's prepared for everything except for us buying a chicken or <laughs> While Navarth is preoccupied and happy about this little horse and chicken, I want to cast Minor Illusion on his horse to change the heart shape to become a penis shape. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. So, Navarth, make a perception check to see if you see through the illusion. 21. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, he looks at it I and give, goes... I give, I give Falas just a wink. <laughs> oh, my God. If, you, if the chicken gets a horse, I, I'm, I'm going to need to be compensated for, the, for that. How much? Uh, well, no. He is worth just as much as every other horse. That would be five gold. Uh, sure, yeah, done. You pass her five gold. Well, thank you, mister. Uh, well, all I need you to do now is to fill out these paperwork and forms saying that you are not going to harm these horses, sell them, eat them, or put them in harm in any way. I can't promise the last one. Well, then you can leave. With the horse. Thank you. No, no, no. These are not fighting horses. They are not built to take on combat. I'm not suggesting I'm going to fight with it. I'm just saying that I can't promise that it won't be in harm's way. The world is a horrible fucking place. You do realize that minotaurs are going missing, right? I understand that completely. I would like you to give me your word, then you will try. Oh, oh, look, listen, I'll give you my word that I'll try. Okay, now sign here. (laughs) Initial there. In there. And she pulls over the page. And sign here. (laughs) Definitely not here. Definitely not there. And then... There. Cool. All right. She just takes the paperwork back to the clipboard and then says, there's your horse. She then walks over to you, Burrell, and then goes, there's your horse. You don't have to sign any paperwork. I just don't trust him. (laughs) And and like each of you just land off. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do a athletics check on the chicken. Fuck, here we go. It's going to do something like just ridiculous. 21. The chicken jumps off uh, Ugo's shoulder, does a flip, and lands seated on the, the horse. <laughs> it then cracks its fingers forwards and grabs onto the uh, the reins, ready to go. I like our new buddy. 
My new buddy. <laughs> I, I will still shoot at him. Not with intent of kill. I just want to hit him. <laughs> he looks at you, Navarth, points his two fingers at you, and then points at his own eyes, and then back at you again. And I, I, I do the same back. I don't know. I don't really have any response to that other than to do the same back. <laughs> just shoot him. <laughs> Can I do that? <laughs> oh, my God. There's a horse there, man. This has not gone well so far. Do not. All right, I'm rolling. Oh, he's going to kill the fucking horse. 20! 26! This is the first opportunity I'll ever have. No! The roll to save. The roll to save. The closest I'll ever get. Well, that's bad. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Um, Ugor, make me a dexterity saving throw. Uh, please. Fucking please. 13. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Josh, please roll damage. No. <sighs> better be one. It's... Better be one. Better be one. Better be one. Better be one. 14. <laughs> Six, six, two. Well. Wow. So, Navarth fires a shot and the chicken was quite preoccupied with sitting on the um, on the horse. As as he fires a shot from less than, you know, five meters away, uh, it shoots, hits uh, Cluck in the chest and Cluck falls off the horse. Ooh, and another cliffhanger. Da, da, da. Oh, we managed to do it again. Oh, it's so fun. I hope you have enjoyed Will Navarth kill the chicken? Will Ugo slap him in the back of the head? Will Ugo kill Navarth? Oh, what an interesting thing would be happened there. As always, please check us out on Twitter at Dingo Dimwit Pod. Find out what happens next in the next episode of Dingoes and Dimbits. We shall see you then. Goodbye. <laughs>